Hello, everybody, and welcome to the June 16th, 2020 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I am your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, oh boy, oh boy, do we have a story for you to start tonight off with. Uh, there was a, there's no other word for this, folks going around. And it is absolutely amazing. Now, I'd like to remind you that this hoax was believed by people big on the right. We're talking Josh Holly, Dana Lashin, I can never pronounce her name, the NRA spokeswoman, Tim Poole, and even the president's son. Seriously. Seriously. Now, what happened? Welp, Let's look at what's going on. NBC News reported two far-right sides, or far-right sites, sorry, Zero Hedge and The Federalist. Is Zero Hedge really far-right? I mean, at least, yeah, it's libertarian, but it's not far-right, at least in the same way The Federalist is far-right. The Federalist is basically like the John Adams, Alexander Hamilton people coming back to life, and it is absolutely awful. Um, with that said, Zero Hedge is like Jefferson people who actually believed in liberty. Uh, the Federalist is, how do I put this? It's run by Meghan McCain's husband. Uh, there was an interview, actually. I remember I saw it a long time ago, because this is about funding the Federalist, by the way. I remember, uh, I think it was Ben Domino, the guy who runs it, was asked, who, um, why don't you ever say who funds the Federalist? And he said, because it's always asking bad faith. Well, why don't you just answer that? You know, what if, what if, hear me out on this. Instead of it being somebody like, I don't know, the ghost of Franco, <laughs> it's just really embarrassing. It's someone like Adam Sandler. Or Nick Schwartz. Or Carlos Mencia. Isn't that funny? Just, it... You're gonna have to go back to the Happy Madison checkbook, The Federalist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should probably actually finish reading the headline. We'll no longer be able to garner revenue from any advertisements served by Google. Now, what the article actually says, by the way, is that due to comments present on The Federalist website... The Federalist has to either create a term of service or a stricter term of service and remove offending comments or risk demonetization in about 72 hours. So Google is using its freedom of association, apparently. And that is bad. Because Google's a monopoly, remember. And they own everything, hence why it is bad. If they stop owning everything, oh my god, why is this room spinning? Antitrusters are dumb. Uh, Google later clarified this in a Twitter thread, but that didn't stop tons of people, again, including the son of the President of the United States, from tweeting an incorrect version of this story. Google said, quote, The Federalist was never demonetized. We work with them to address issues on their site related to comments section. Our policies do not allow ads to run against dangerous or derogatory content. 
which includes comments on sites, and we offer guidance and best practice to publishers on how to Of course, this is the end result, by the way, when you want to strip away every 230 protection, you're going to see more cases like this. You are. If somebody posts incorrect information on the Federalist comments section, and by the way, it has been determined, it was determined, I believe, in Australian court, that a derogatory comment or an incorrect comment in a comment section can force a payout from the website. Okay? So you want to strip away at Section 230, well, the Federalist is going to be screwed no matter what, as is basically any website with a comment section. That's why Gab has been fighting for it for so long, for 230. And then, yeah, Google is going to back away from any of these websites. And that's just how basic economics works. I'm sorry, but that's true. And as of right now, it looks like Google has no plans to actually demonetize the Federalist, which is good. Um, although, if it was gone, would anyone really notice? No, that, that's, that's unfair. That's mean. They have a right to exist. I have a right to ask why they exist, but they have a right to exist. Uh, <laughs> I mean... Nah, that's my whole response. Also, I love the people who took this story at face value. Many of them also vici viciously hate NBC News and accuse it of lying all the time. One of my favorite self-defeating tweets was released when a guy quote-tweeted the article, the various Federalist articles saying NBC News lies, hence why he trusted NBC News. Makes sense to me. Josh Hawley believed this, by the way, as the president's son, as did tons of other big figures on the right. Ryan Savandra has been basically tweeting about it all day because he hasn't found yet another person that you could theoretically link to both Joe Biden and racism. I mean, there's just no way around this. There is no way around this. These people betrayed their own standards to lie to you. That is the overall evil of the trust-busting movement. They will lie to you. Make no mistake. Nationalists will lie to you. They feel they have a right to lie to you. Because they feel that they're really the only ones who deserve to get information in the first place, and that's why they hate search engines so much anyway. Seriously. That's what's going on here. And it's pathetically obvious. Like, pathetically obvious. Yet, so few people decide to catch on. Anyway, Senate Republicans have a new ad-out coming against Governor John Hickenlooper, who's currently running for Colorado Senate. Give it a listen and see if you can notice what they don't say. John Hickenlooper was held in contempt today. The former governor ignored the subpoena yesterday. Violated the state constitution. The first person ever to be held in contempt by the state's independent ethics commission. Six allegations against Hickenlooper. Hickenlooper guilty of ethics violations. Broke the law while in office. John Hickenlooper, he lied. He broke the law. And it gets worse. NRSC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Oh my god, what did Hickenlooper do? Well, we actually covered that back on June 8th. 
He took a limousine ride and accepted a private jet ride in 2018 while governor of Colorado. Not really a big deal. You know, not, not a big deal in my opinion. They don't say it, they just say he broke a law, which, yeah, that is technically a campaign finance violation. Or an ethics violation, sorry. Not really a big one. In fact, the fact that Colorado has such strict rules on this, I thought it was Republicans who declared this same idea unconstitutional back during Citizens United. Remember that? When we found that most forms of campaign finance laws were completely unconstitutional, that was Republican who were behind that. Yet now, all of a sudden, John Hickenlooper took the limousine ride. Oh no. Oh no. That's a real big threat to our democracy now, isn't it? I mean, I don't know what else to say. I really don't. I really don't. How, how else am I supposed to respond to this other than this is utter nonsense? Seriously, this is utter nonsense. Oh my god, John Hickenlooper took a gift. He took a limousine ride in 2018. Hence why they left out what Hickenlooper actually did, by the way, because then most people would go, oh, that's not really a big deal. You know, if you actually sat down and explained to the average Colorado citizen what John Hickenlooper did, they'd probably be too high to give a shit either way. But even if they weren't they high at that moment, they still wouldn't care. Because it's just nothing. It is honest to God, pure nothingness. And this is what they think they've got John Hickenlooper on? I mean, I don't... I hope this doesn't work. I'm going to be blunt. I hope something like this does not work. Because it's utter nonsense. It is honestly utter nonsense. There is no way around it. It is complete and total nonsense. Yet, look where we are. Look where we are now. So, eh, I guess nonsense has a bigger base than I thought. Anyway, this is a column from yesterday on, you guys know what News with Views is? It's Dave Dobbenmeyer, Crying Dave Dobbenmeyer's website. You'll know it if you watch Cute Fuzzy Weasel, which you should, by the way. Um, this guy named Frosty Woodridge, who writes for them, has a column called Reminations of a Baby Boomer. Why not separate the races in America? Now, mind you, Normally, some old guy writing a racist column is not big news. The column's arguments are just so weird that I feel like I have to address them. After 400 years of racism in America, and after 400 years of no solutions, actually, we've attempted several solutions, and you people have been obstructing them, and 400 years of no hope for any resolutions, has anyone thought about separating races in America? Several times, yes, we that was the idea for about a hundred years, from the post-Civil War era until 1964, and it didn't work. Again, racism remains unsolvable because it stems from biological realities over centuries of humanity's march towards modern mankind. 
It's tribal. Ooh, great. I like these arguments, by the way. Well, everyone sucks anyway, so why should we try to approve anything? Who wants to bet this guy does not identify as a nihilist? Seriously, who wants to bet that, despite the fact that his thinking is ungodly nihilistic? Like, wow, super duper nihilistic. And this is the part I wanted to address. If you remember back in India, the Muslims fought with the Hindus. After they realized they were totally incompatible, the Muslims separated into Pakistan in 1947, and that created millions of refugees, as well as a terroristic state. Whoops. And multiple radical groups on both sides, in both nations, might I add. Pakistan is filled with radical Muslims, and India is filled with radical Hindus. And look at how that worked. Same thing with Israel and Palestine, by the way. Oh, by the way, we are not even that far into this article, and this is basically the crux of his argument. How many conflicts does anybody, does anyone need in order to make intelligent choices? Like how he puts both a period and a question mark after that. Today, the Indians stay in their country and the Muslims stay in Pakistan. Not really, no. Also, I, I like how you went from Hindus to Indians. Little nitpick, but still. Both countries suffer incredible human misery from being overpopulated, malnourished, and culturally someone in the Dark Ages, but they maintain separate countries in order to coexist. They don't coexist, though. They do not, under any circumstances, actually coexist. We nearly had a nuclear war between those two nations just a year or two ago. And you call that coexisting? Really? That's the thing that bothers me about this article. It's not just that it's incredibly racist, although it is, but it's also that it's incredibly stupid, like most racism. What do you know? I mean, there's no way around it. These arguments are utter nonsense on that basis alone. I'm sorry, but they are. Um, and by the way, by the way, I like this little end paragraph. Should blacks create a black nation for blacks only? No one sentence should have the word black that many times in it. Could they become a trading partner like Mexico with white America? Who wants to bet most of the readers of this article despise NAFTA? Would it be more peaceful? Could it neutralize racism? No. In fact, again, we just saw India and Pakistan get nearly into a nuclear war. And that was your best example of your idea working. Great work, guy. Great work. Uh, would they be able to maintain a healthy, viable, and sustainable education and economic system? If you have any other ideas on how to solve racism, please write at frostyw at juno.com. This guy was responsible for the movie Juno? I did not know that. Isn't it about time to solve racism in America? And we all know this guy's not interested in solving racism. We know this isn't a genuine idea. We tried separate but equal for a hundred straight years, and it didn't work. Okay, but no, if we give them their own nation... 
it will work. I mean, just look at how those Israelis and Palestinians live in peace. Is anyone going to tell me that they don't live in peace because they're two different races cohabitating next to each other? Wait a minute, where would this nation be exactly? Like, are you implying just deporting them all back to Africa because you can't legally do that? Do you want to, like, cut out a section of the nation just for black people? Because that just creates resentment. Again, go to Israel sometime, or go to Palestine sometime, or Gaza, if you want to see the end results of your idea. Not a very good idea. Sorry, just, just, just not a good idea. And you're a stupid person, Frosty Woodridge. Anyway, speaking of news with views, let's talk about Dave Babemeyer, who, if you don't know, he was a high school football coach, or maybe it was basketball. He was a high school coach of some kind who got into hot water for making players pray before games. And then he went on YouTube and made rants about how the left is sodomizing him, as he put it. Seriously, that's what he said. He said they were sodomizing him. His words, exactly. Um, and then later, how he was born a Christian. I mean, born again Christian. <laughs> One of the funniest things of all time. Just, oh my god, this guy is a crazy buffoon. And he reacted to the Supreme Court decision. And take a guess how it worked out. I'm just going to tell you the truth, okay? They can ban me, they can do whatever the heck they want to. Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her Judaism, she might as well be a Muslim. She is nowhere near Jesus Christ. Ruth Ginsburg, Ginsburg, Elena Kagan, they're nowhere near any way, shape, or form Christian beliefs. None. They're as lost as Muslims. They're as lost as atheists, folks. Yet we think it's honorable to have this God hate Jews, I'm sorry, Judaism rejects Jesus Christ. And what did the Jews say about Jesus? Come on, let's just get down to it. You want me to say it, Coach? No, no, I'm going to say it. The Pharisees and the Sadducees said what? Regarding Jesus Christ. We will not have this man rule over us. Still alive today. That spirit is still alive today. For the record, I have no idea who the other guy uh, in that conversation was. Also, sir, this is Wendy's. <laughs> I mean, this is just ridiculous. She's a Jew. She might as well be a Muslim because there's no history. When I look through history, I just see the Jews and the Muslims holding hands. I don't know about you. Especially today. Especially today. You ask a Muslim what he thinks about the Jews, he'll be like, Oh, Allah, I love them so much. No, they won't, typically. Of course, I know not all Muslims are radical. I'm not an idiot. But he is. In multiple ways. Also, what did the Jews think of Jesus? Well, I don't like to play this game. As an atheist myself. Um, but I recall the Jews actually kind of liking Jesus, considering he de uh, considering he was declared their king. That's what actually happened. He was declared their king. Yeah, that gets ignored, of course. Why wouldn't that be ignored? Um, in fact, the Jews today, 
don't even hate Jesus Christ. They believe him to be a very wise teacher. There's a straw man going around. Ben Shapiro thinks Jesus Christ got what he deserved when he was crucified. Uh, because he doesn't believe Christ is the Son of God. Now, I don't believe in God for Christ to be the Son of. And I'm not Jewish, so that also is... I don't speak for either of these people, but as an atheist myself, I, I would have still been against the crucifixion of Jesus Christ for criticizing the Roman government because I believe in free speech. What they're basically saying when they make arguments like this is that you need to believe this person is the Son of God in order to believe killing is wrong. No. I believe capital excuse me, I believe capital punishment is wrong. And I believe in free speech. Therefore it doesn't matter if this guy was the son of God or just some nut job. He still shouldn't have been killed. I think I think that's a fair outlook. I think that's a fair outlook on life. You know, even if these people weren't the messiahs, they still shouldn't have been killed. Okay? I mean, it's just the silliness of this authoritarian mentality where somebody has to be the messiah in order to have basic freedom of speech. No. No, I believe that, like everyone else who criticized the Roman government, uh, Christ was wrongfully killed. I think that's fair. Okay? I say that as an atheist who does not believe there's a God for him to be the son of. And people like David Abmeyer will say that I, or other people who share my views, believe Christ got what he deserved. No, no, none of us do. Um, and by the way, that's only going for atheists. Jews who declared Christ the king of Jews. Okay, that's just a fact. That's just a fact. Okay? Anti-Semitism in general is just utter nonsense. I mean, I find it funny that if the Jews really do control the world, they're also the victim of the most genocide and discrimination throughout history. <laughs> they do a really bad job at controlling the world and hiding it, considering you figured it out, Dave. You're an idiot, Dave Dalkmeyer. There's no way around it. You're an idiot. Mind you, I'm not going to sit here and call you an anti-Semite. That's what you want me to do. That's what people like this want you to do. They want you to say, anti-Semite, move on. No, you're also fundamentally stupid. That's the big issue here. You're stupid. Okay, I, I think that's a fair statement. Anyway, uh... You guys remember Tim Kaine? He was Hillary Clinton's running mate. He was a little bit in the news for a little bit afterwards in, like, 2017, 2018. He's still a senator from Virginia, believe it or not. I know. I was surprised, too. And he said this on the Senate floor, and I just... Just, just listen. It is absolutely ridiculous. We need to ban racial and religious profiling. We need to hold police officers and police departments accountable for violent, reckless behavior. We need to promote better training and professional accreditation of police departments. Madam President, why do we demand that universities maintain accreditation to receive federal funds, but make no such demand of law enforcement agencies? And we need to do much more within the criminal justice system, but also within all of our systems, 
to dismantle the structures of racism that our federal, state, and local governments carefully erected and maintained over centuries. We know a little bit about this in Virginia. The first African Americans into the English colonies came to Point Comfort, Virginia in 1619. They were slaves. They'd been captured against their will. But they landed in colonies that didn't have slavery. There were no laws about slavery in the colonies at that time. The United States didn't inherit slavery from anybody. We created it. It got created by the Virginia General Assembly and the legislatures of other states. It got created by the court systems in colonial America and sense that enforced fugitive slave laws. It was, we created it. And we created it and maintained it over centuries. And in, in my lifetime, we have finally stopped some of those practices, but we've never gone back to undo it. Stopping racist practices. That was as far as I could make it. And I think I made it farther than most people. Honestly, when I saw this report, it was always Tim Kaine says America created slavery. I made it slightly farther and it's worse. So first off, I want to address, yeah, I agree with him to start with. Yeah, there are obviously racist institutions in the U.S. and those should be dismantled. Okay, okay, we're all agreeing on that. With that said, America did not create slavery. That is nonsense. We inherited it from other nations. All throughout history. The pyramids of Egypt. Okay, not the pyramids. They weren't built with slaves. But Egypt had slaves. Greece had slaves. That's how they got all that time to think. They had slaves do all the work. Rome had slaves. The Islamic nations started slave trades. The word slave comes from the word slab, which means white person, more or less. Okay? So right there, what Cain is saying is utterly nonsensical and disgusting for that matter. The U.S. created slavery? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Slavery was a bad idea. Okay? We all agree on that. Right? That's why, especially uh, all my anti-enlightenment Republican friends, hence why they think everything is Dred Scout. Uh, <laughs> I know Kane is not a Republican, but I need to speak to those people at the same time. Because they are also getting in the way of a certain other aspect of this. The fact is, slavery was only called into question during the Enlightenment. That's when we first thought, maybe people have rights. And then somebody said, well, wait a minute, if people have rights, why are we owning other people? Oh, yeah. Hence why the movement for abolition was founded in Enlightenment values. You know what else comes from Enlightenment values? The entire Bill of Rights. I'm not joking. That is objectively the case. And the Constitution. That is also directly part of Enlightenment philosophy. You cannot escape from them. You can try. Tons of people have tried. Josh Hammer's been trying for years. You can't. And for that matter, he mentioned the Virginia. Well, let's talk about Virginia, specifically Thomas Jefferson. Now, Jefferson did own slaves. He 
He also believed that slavery would naturally be gone within his lifetime. I'm sorry, but that's, that's objectively true. That is objectively true. And in 1820, he, as a very old man, might I add, wrote that he believed that slavery was awful and that he wished he could have abolished it while he was president. Seriously. That is objectively what happened. In the last writings he ever did. He was old and anthritis. I believe he had anthritis by that point. Could be wrong on that, though, but he was ill as well. And he wrote that he believed that slavery was a moral disaster. As did even some more anti-enlightenment founders. John Adams was the first president to not own a single slave. I think, yeah, Washington owned a couple slaves. Yeah, and by the way, for all you Republicans listening to this, who are going, ah, those silly Demo KKK rats, the last president to own slaves was Ulysses S. Grant. Just, just want to make that known as well. Okay, it was there all around. And by the way, Tim Kaine is also from the state of Virginia, as I just mentioned. You know who else came from Virginia? A fellow named Robert E. Lee. Now, I know what you're thinking. Doesn't that prove Kaine's point? I mean, Lee was a Confederate general. Yes, but that was only because the South, or Virginia, was part of the Confederacy. He would have fought for the Union had Virginia been part of the Union. And he directly said he wished he could have bought every single slave so he could set them all free. That is the kind of man Robert E. Lee was. Okay? Never owned a single slave. I, well, I don't think he did. I'm gonna... Wait, wait, my bad. He might have owned a couple. There's not really much historical record on that. Although, there's no evidence he owned any more than Ulysses S. Grant. Okay, let's just get that off out of the way right now. Because that needs to also be noted. Ulysses S. Grant also owns some slaves. But okay, and for the record, Lee was not a Jefferson Davis, Alexander Stevens type who believed slavery was a good. You know, even he wasn't John C. Calhoun going on there beating up Davy Crockett for saying slavery is wrong. No, this was a guy who thought that slavery was going to go away within his lifetime, but at the same time, did not like the, or thought that his state had the right to secede from the Union, which was a commonly accepted view at that point, by the way. In fact, Tom Woods goes over this in the Politically Incorrect Guide to American History. That was taught at constitutional law schools for the past century that states had the right to secede from the Union. Lincoln said they didn't, and that was very controversial. And Lee said, no, they have the right to. Hence why so many men in fought for the Confederacy, despite the fact that less than, what, 1.5% of people in, Confederate, in the Confederate nation owned a single slave? I mean, just think about that for a second. I mean, I'm sorry, but Kane's statement is utterly ridiculous. There's no way around it. It's utterly ridiculous. And let's get to the last part. There are other things I could bring up if I wanted to. Like the fact that among free African Americans, there were several of them that owned slaves as well. Now, that does not mean, for the record, that it wasn't a race thing. It was a race thing. 
Okay, make no mistake. But it was also a bit of a class thing as well. I mean, in all, yeah, that was also the main thing. It was also quite a bit of a class thing. Race was more or less just the excuse. But that's a different story entirely. And I did convince tons of people to go along with it on race, but that was not the reason why they owned slaves in the first place. That was the economic system. Um, but, okay. Let's get to the last part. Only in Tim Kaine's lifetime have we started to chip away at this system. Well, Tim Kaine, I was unaware you were born before 1863. That would make you the oldest human being alive today. Because that was when the 13th Amendment banned slavery. Now, there are also tons of other race issues that factored afterwards. But you were specifically talking about slavery, Tim Kaine. As such, unless you can provide me documentational evidence that you are older than 157 years old, okay, which, again, would make you the oldest person ever on record, ever. What we are then, no, that's wrong. You're an idiot. The U.S. did not create slavery, and we've been chipping away at slavery long before Tim Kaine's lifetime. Even if we didn't pass the 13th Amendment, every economic analysis said slavery would go away by the turn of the century. Okay? Because slavery as an economic model is unsustainable. Once any deal of economic activity starts going on. Sorry, that's objectively true. Okay? And if Tim Kaine wants to act like the U.S. created slavery, and also we only started chipping away at it in 1958... When Tim Kaine was born, he is an idiot of the highest proportion. He's a liar of the highest proportion. And he is a, and I don't like using this term. I do not use this term lightly. He is a race hustler of the, of the highest proportion. I have never called anyone a race hustler before. Tim Kaine, you officially fit that model. Congratulations. Here's my middle finger just to you. Anyway, that's all for tonight. Um, that was a shorter episode, but to be honest, it's a slow news day, so, yeah. If you enjoy this episode, you'll enjoy my new book, The Establishment is Dead Long, The Establishment of Over 100 of My Articles. Follow me on Twitter at FromJoeCM1, and you can still ask me questions on Twitter that I will answer on Friday. I am Ephraim, and good night.